So this morning, as we said, it's um, Pentecost and we're celebrating the fact that Jesus said, I won't leave you on your own, but I'm going to send the friend, the comforter, the one who will come alongside. And then when Jesus went up to heaven, he said, wait into Jerusalem until the gift of the father comes and you will receive power. And what I want to do this morning is I want to, to tell my story in different chapters of my personal experience of Holy Spirit, because I was really struck by the story of the woman at the well. Do you remember the woman who uh, her story actually was full of shame and she felt rejected and she goes out to the well outside the city and Jesus meets her there and says about living water. And then they have a conversation and Jesus gives words of knowledge that bring her to a place where she goes back to the village and she says this in John 4, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? She just goes back and she tells her story, that her life and her story was her gift to the world. So I thought I wanted to tell my story about what Holy Spirit has done in my life. I was brought up in a non-Christian family. No one ever went to church. In fact, my mum was an atheist and uh, she didn't at all believe in God, but absolutely loved debating Christianity with anybody who would debate Christianity with her. She worked in a school and a guy called Mike Ramsey said, would you like to come to my house to meet my wife, Mary? We'd love to tell you about what we believe. And so she went there and they had a long debate. And at the end of the debate, she said these words, I wish I could believe what you believe, but I can't. She then went home, a five minute walk. She put the keys in the door, opened the door and the Holy Spirit had filled the whole house. So she went from being an atheist five minutes earlier to being a believer in Jesus because Holy Spirit had filled the house. As you can imagine, we all woke up the next morning slightly surprised that my atheist mum was now a believing Christian, that she had gone from atheist to believer in one night. I think we thought it was funny and uh, maybe even laughed a little bit. But I remember immediately being convicted of blasphemy. I used to use Jesus' name and various blasphemies all the time, thought nothing of it. It was a normal part of language for me. And Holy Spirit set me free from that immediately, even before I'd become a believer. I started to go to church because I was uh, intrigued, maybe, because they had a youth group and I, I needed to, I wanted to have a community. And I started to go to church. And for some reason, I borrowed a cassette. Do you remember tapes at the back of church? You used to go and collect one to listen to something in the week. And I picked up a preach by a, I believe it's a Korean man called Yonggi Cho. And on this tape, I was listening. So on a Sunday evening, I heard these words. If you would like a red bike, ask God for a red bike. Be specific in prayer. I was immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. It's really strange. The talk wasn't about Holy Spirit, the cross or Jesus. It was just about the nature of God. And immediately I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And 
I suddenly realized that Jesus is real, the Father is real, Holy Spirit is real. I couldn't doubt it because I had an experience of it. Now, actually, I didn't immediately say to Jesus, I want to follow you. I didn't immediately say I want to change my mind about my life. I decided I wanted to think about it for a little bit more. And actually, I became a Christian. I decided I would respond to his invitation on the 27th of May, a couple of weeks later. And so I started to go to church all the time. And then one Sunday, I heard someone speak in another language. They prayed out in this other language. I thought, that's a bit strange. What's this other language? So on the way home from church with my mum and my dad, I said to my mum, what, what was that other language? And then why did someone interpret the other language? And she said, that other language is the Holy Spirit giving the gift of tongues. And I learned that Holy Spirit can cause you to be edified and strengthened on the inside when you spoke in this language. And I heard that this language enabled you to communicate to God in a way that your natural language is limited and that your spirit could speak to God's spirit through this gift. I thought, wow, that sounds like a good old gift. I had no church experience. I had no history of some people saying the gifts are not for now or whatever. I just heard there was a gift. So very simply, I went in my room and said, Holy Spirit, I would like the gift of tongues. I began to speak, opened my mouth, formed words that I felt beginning to form by his gift, and I spoke in tongues. It was really simple in one sense. It, it's, it was just a simple faith I asked and I received. Now, this is going back almost 27 years some of you might not remember about a move of the Holy Spirit, which was around 1994, that originated in Toronto. It was a Father's Day in Toronto, and uh, I believe Randy Clark was speaking, and the Holy Spirit suddenly turned up in this vineyard church in Toronto, Canada, and there was suddenly a move of God. Um, the power of the Holy Spirit was breaking into meetings. People would be given, people would suddenly be laughing and uh, uh, um, suddenly be encountering his power and be knocked on the floor. Some leaders in our area went to Toronto to see what God was doing. They were hungry. They wanted more. They wanted to understand. And the amazing thing about this move of God was People could go to the location, Toronto, then they could come back to the UK and just by telling the story about what God had done, you could receive exactly the same experience of the Holy Spirit wherever you were. So I was in a meeting, I think I was, I can't remember how old I was, 21, and um, they began to tell the story about what Holy Spirit was doing, what they'd experienced. And then they said, we're going to pray for you. You can have an experience of the Holy Spirit too. 
So we all stood up with expectation and anticipation. And I stood there and to my left and to my right, people were being impacted by him. And I stood there. Nothing was happening to me. And I said to God, I don't want to leave this place until I've had a touch from you. I, I need a touch from you. And I'm not sure how long I waited, but it felt like over an hour, an hour and a quarter, hour and a half, just standing there waiting. And he met with me and touched me and something powerful changed inside of me. Our church began to be turned upside down by the move of the Holy Spirit meetings would be completely disrupted by his presence um, he would come and be setting people free and healing people over there and knocking people on the floor i remember being prayed for and holy spirit pinned me to the floor for two and a half hours i literally could not get up and the we were renting a school and they had to carry me out of the school and put me in the back of a car and drive off and I was meant to be at a barbecue so they just dropped me off and I was in the back of a car what then I came around and then went to the barbecue <laughs> that was about three hours and it wasn't so much the manifestation of the Holy Spirit he was doing something deep in my heart he was softening my heart he was peeling off the hard layers of my heart through these encounters he was showing me how really really is in 1994, I felt God say, start a video project called Insight Video and make videos of testimonies and people's stories. Let the non-Christians see inside the church without necessarily having to go into the church at first. And in order to make these videos, I needed a decent video camera. And at the time, technology was super expensive. A decent camera was over £2,000. One of the leaders in the church I went to stood up in a church that's actually relatively poor. People didn't have a lot of money. He stood up and said, Jamie wants to do this project. Let's get this guy started. And the Holy Spirit fell on the room and this spontaneous joyful radical generosity gripped people and they just started to pour in money in buckets and over two and a half thousand was raised in less than 20 minutes joyful giving i want to tell you a story about hearing his voice in as part of this video project that I had initiated, David Pike, one of the leaders in the church, said, I'm going to France to make a video about English people telling uh, French people the gospel or working with French churches. And he said to me, do you want to come bring your video camera, film what we're doing, film the street work and uh, make a video so we can show people back home what we do on these mission trip trips? I was petrified about going to France. I had been to France once before when I was 11 and I'd been to Calais for one day. I'd never been out of the country to stay. I didn't speak the language. So what do you do when you're terrified? You lie. <laughs> Not the best response. I said to David, I'm too busy. I wasn't busy at all. I was frightened. And David, this very gentle guy said to me, Jamie, you really need to be going to France. So I went there 
and you all know the story. Rochelle, pastor's daughter, daughter of Claude and Suzette. I met her and uh, on that French trip, which I think is why David was so um, is a prophetic man said, Jamie, you need to be there. And yep, I really needed to be there. What was interesting was Holy Spirit and hearing his voice. I, I, I'd finished the week and uh, Suzette, Rochelle's mum, was going to give me a lift to the station. Before taking me to the station, she, uh, I, I, I waited in Rochelle's mum and dad's house and sat on the sofa. And Naturally, I was thinking, would I ever be back in France? Um, would I see Rochelle again? Uh, is this the end of the trip? Is this the end of the story? And I remember Holy Spirit speaking in a way I'd never heard his voice before. He said this, Jamie, you're going to be back on this sofa. And six months later, almost to the day, I was back in France and back on that sofa. Holy Spirit spoke in a way and he had a very particular tone in the way he said it, which brought assurance and confidence and expectation. I've actually heard his voice speak with this tone on uh, probably three other occasions. Um, one of them was when he said about next steps. He said, if you want to leave, you can leave. That was about a transition to us. It was the same voice, the same tone that I'd heard on that sofa. And another time he said to me when I was in a room, he said, you will speak here. And it didn't look possible at all. And uh, that was the same tone that he had spoken to me on the sofa. And there's another time where he spoke in a, in a very similar tone, which was about, again, transition. So I love Holy Spirit and his voice and uh, particularly those key moments. I want to tell you a story about Holy Spirit and setting me free. So for me, a big battle has been around anxiety and fear and worry. And in 1995, some of you might remember the Stonely Bible Week where 20 odd thousand people would be uh, in this meeting. And that whole day I'd felt a kind of piercing pain in my body. And it was really a strange pain, an excruciating pain. And it turned out to be, and I'm not trying to scare anybody here, because it's actually a good news about the power of Holy Spirit, that that pain was a demonic oppressive thing, that actually it was a kind of uh, anxiety thing. And I was in the worship, the worship ended, and they were doing the notices, and suddenly Holy Spirit impacted me. And this pain left immediately and I entered into a new realm and experience of freedom. I hadn't thought what it was, the pain, he just turned up. Holy Spirit's so powerful, it's really not a fair contest when he decides to come and do something. There's no fear, no nothing, it just uh, totally transformed me. In 1996, 29th of May, uh, June is our wedding anniversary, and Holy Spirit impacted us so powerfully. Um, we were prayed for in our wedding and we both ended up under chairs at the front of the meeting, which is really interesting in Rochelle in her wedding dress and me in my suit in the dust on the floor under a chair. So it was a wedding and a commissioning 
Jean Beville, Rochelle's uncle, who sadly passed away uh, 20 odd years ago, prophesied over us, he said, nations and the miraculous. And so Holy Spirit was both uh, blessing our wedding and giving us a prophetic calling. So it was like a commissioning too. I want to tell you finally just a couple of stories about Holy Spirit and people coming to know Jesus. We ran an Alpha course in the church that we led in Essex, and there were four people on the Alpha course. There was a lady called Andrea who was interested in exploring and knowing more about Jesus. And Andrea was doing the course. Then on Sunday, April the 8th, 2007, she decided as part of her journey, she would come to church for the first time. Now, what was interesting about our little church in Essex was on that Easter Sunday, there were only seven people in the room. And two of those were Rochelle's mum and dad, Claude and uh, Suzette. There was us, our family, and there was another person in Andrea. So there's hardly anybody there. But for me, we just were so thrilled. A non-believer is in the room. We were so excited. And so I stood there announcing and saying, this Friday church, all seven of us, we're all being invited to a special meeting in Bishop Stortford where the prophet um, Julian Adams is going to be there. We all can go. Now, what I hadn't realized was this. That wasn't a special meeting for the whole church. That was actually a special meeting just for leadership teams. It would only be a few of us. And it certainly wasn't for non-believers from Alpha. So everybody, so everybody just heard the news. Andrea said, I'm going to come to that meeting. And I, we got there and there was there were 11 people in the room and I thought, what have I done? These are all church leaders. I've got an, I've brought Andrea who doesn't even know Jesus here. So we tried to cover up by telling what the words to the songs were and, and pointing to the songbook and whatever, thinking we can get away with it. Julian Adams prophesied over her. He told her her life. He, he, he saw he, her back was healed. And then she came to Alpha the next Thursday and we said, a bit shocked thinking that's put Andrea off, hasn't it? What on earth are we doing? That's not seeker sensitive. Andrea comes to Alpha and she says, I say to Andrea, I bet you have hundreds of questions now, don't you? And she said, no, all my questions have been answered. I've come to Jesus. So Holy Spirit is very good at leading people to Jesus, much better than I only use my uh, accidental invitation. I was then again in on the a couple of weeks before that was in another meeting, again, very much like Toronto, standing there waiting for Holy Spirit to meet with me. Julian Adams was going around prophesying over everybody. And I thought, I want, I want a touch from God. I want to meet with God. And he eventually came to me and I had an experience, which was an interesting one, of oil appearing in my hands. And a release of the belief that actually God is going to use me, use us for the miraculous and the supernatural. Actually, around this time that Andrea came to Christ and we were at this meeting, Julian Adams prophesied over us and he kind of prophesied our whole life. We had been through a very exhausting experience and we were feeling quite debilitated and tired and actually very, very disappointed. And, and um, Julian Adams prophesied this amazing prophecy that confirmed what Jesus thought about us, reminded us of our commission and really got us going again. And literally, it was an interesting experience because 
it felt like for both of us that we had been in the room with Jesus and all the tiredness and the disappointment and the confusion dropped off. And we went through a period of about three months where we couldn't really sleep very well. Jesus was really he touched our hearts so deeply with refreshment and we began to devour and read as many books as we could about healing and the miraculous. I'm just going to tell two more stories. This little church in Essex that I just told you about was so small and so fragile. And for us, for us, we hadn't really experienced the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit much. I'm saying maybe being more clear, I hadn't experienced much of his manifestation in our uh, meetings for quite a long time. And there was a day I went to set the chairs up and opened the door and Holy Spirit had already filled the whole room, very much like the experience my mum had had when she came to Christ. He just filled the place. And from that moment on, we just knew his manifest presence every single Sunday. I remember people were just becoming to the church just to get refreshed, including the guy who was the town alcoholic. He would come every week and he would also come with another guy who was struggling with alcohol. And sometimes these guys would come and they were covered in their breakfast all over them. And it was quite a well-to-do middle-class church. But these guys would be touched by the Holy Spirit and being met with. And one of them came to Christ, I heard, years later in South Africa and had known God really bring rest restoration to him. And lastly, I want to tell this story. In 2011, we went to Bethel Church in Reading in California. It was a Sunday night. The worship had been amazing. We'd enjoyed God's presence. And the guy stood up to give the notices. Now, notices are not the most charismatically spiritual moment normally. So he was just telling people about the week to come. And suddenly, at the right-hand side of the auditorium, there began to be a sparkle in the, in the ceiling of the building. And the gold began to grow. And it grew and grew and grew and it became a cloud and people began to spontaneously worship and sing. The band was just not there. The set was over and the church sang for three and a half hours. I think we left a little early, but the worship was incredible and the, and the manifest presence of God was incredible, tangible. You could see it. A man prayed for me and the Holy Spirit began to electrocute me in a most profound way. Actually, the guy stopped praying for me because I think he was nervous that I was actually going to physically die. I would have said to him, please carry on, carry on. But he said, no, we need to stop and we need to leave him. It was a deep, deep thing that God was doing. And you would have asked me, Jamie, what did God do in that electrocution? And I would not have been able to put any words to it at all. But what I found was after that, I became a worshipper in a way that I'd never been in my life before. This is, I'm going to tell you a secret. If I was at a conference, I would be this guy. Get the worship out of the way because I want to hear the teaching. That was me. If Holy Spirit turned up, I'd be thinking, what gifts do you want to manifest? What do you want to do? Do you want to do a prophecy, tongue interpretation? I would just be thinking, what are you going to do? But after that, I was completely changed. 
I actually found myself walking in the street like when I was a new believer, singing out loud and not really caring if anybody saw me, if I looked embarrassing. Suddenly, I didn't want to listen to early 80s electronic music. Nothing wrong with it. Absolutely love the era, still do. But I was so hungry for worship. I would be just listening to worship all the time. And it was a profound and deep work that God had done. Didn't know what he was doing at the time, but he was doing something deep. So there's a few stories. Some of those are about Holy Spirit bringing gifts of faith in Jesus. Some of those are about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how he is so generous to give gifts. Some of those are about the power of the Holy Spirit to transform our lives. Some of it was about Holy Spirit and joyful giving. Holy Spirit and the voice of God and the direction of God. Holy Spirit and setting the captives free. Holy Spirit and giving a commission and direction from God. Holy Spirit and saving men and women in the most wonderful ways. Holy Spirit and the gift of refreshment and his capacity to restore us. Holy Spirit is God in the room and we know when he's there. And the last of those was Holy Spirit and a change of mindset. 